0: Good day. This is the fifth episode of Under Construction with Jennifer Packard. That's me, your host. The intended goal of Under Construction has been to focus on reminding people of the common ground we have by focusing on our life experiences, mostly through employment or jobs, but it doesn't have to be that. Under Construction It's also been a first-time effort for me to try and do a podcast, and it has definitely been a learning curve and an educational experience, and one that I'd like to improve upon in the future. There's been rough audio, all kinds of technical issues that I've had to try and learn or figure out and solve, and some things I feel like it has been a good success, and other things woof. I got a lot of work on, (laughs) but I guess that's the point. The journey in life is not so much the end result, but what do you learn in the process? And progress uh, can often be a very slow part of the journey. We always want something that happens very quickly. We want it to be instantaneous, but it takes time. Today, we're coming to the end of the episodes that I have recorded. I am still planning to do more in the future, but I'm also trying to streamline the process as well. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Daryl, and let's begin. Today, my guest is Daryl Miller. Darrell was born in Chicago, but lived in California for most of his life. He recently moved to Mississippi, where his parents were born. He has explored his employment options over the years. He has been a cashier, a security guard, a limo driver, and a personal assistant. And for the last 12 years, he has worked as an insurance agent. He enjoys nature and exploring trails and personal growth. And like many of us, he's health conscious and likes to learn more. As an introvert, he has challenged himself by studying Taekwondo and achieving the black belt, and by engaging with Toastmasters International in his spare time. He loves self-deprecating humor. Laughter is his form of therapy. Please welcome Daryl Miller.
1: Thank you very much. I am so glad to be here with you.
0: Let's jump right in. An insurance agent represents one or multiple insurance companies, and they sell their policies usually for a commission. An insurance agent works with a customer to understand their budget and insurance coverage needs. Then the agent helps find a policy that provides the right amount of coverage at a price one can afford. There is a difference between an insurance agent and an insurance broker but i'll let daryl explain so daryl my first question what is an insurance agent and how is it different from an insurance broker
1: all right thank you thank you that's a good question an insurance agent i would say it's more of a hands-on type of a person kneecap to kneecap as they used to say or zoom to zoom with the client now with the new te- new technology and they will assess a client's needs. If someone has a million dollar house or owes a lot on their house, they're probably gonna need more insurance. If they have younger kids that need to be taken into account to replace income for several years. So it is a formula and there's a lot of things to go over to assess when you need an uh, an insurance policy. So an agent is the more hands-on type of a person. They're also the more of the, they're the eyes before the underwriter gets it. So if someone tells me they don't smoke and yet they're smoking, a chimney, if someone tells me they're 250 pounds, when they're 400 pounds, it's things like that that an insurance agent will see, and they're the first eyes and the first contact even before the, cli- even before the company comes in contact with them. A broker is more of someone that can place insurance and can do things more behind the scenes, although they can still do the face-to-face uh, aspect of it, but I would say an agent is more of, more of the foot soldiers for companies.
0: Is a broker kind of a middleman?
1: You can consider that, yes. Yes.
0: Okay. What interested you to pursue being an insurance agent? You know, like, how did you get started?
1: Well, I got started, I was having a conversation with my sister, and her friend was actually in the business, and uh, she gave me his number, and we had spoke, and he actually kind of took me under his wing and helped kind of... Mentor me and, and show me different aspects of it. I was much younger and more interested and open to trying things uh, Back then so it's very it is uh, we kind of have a different culture in our company and How We do things so it's always I think it's important not only to do something that you enjoy doing but also to have fun doing it also
0: Yeah, that can be a very vital part of a job. Most of people uh, are find envious <laughs> or at least it seems that way Yes, What kind or how much training is required for your job?
1: Right, so in the state of California, there was a 52-hour course. It has since, some of the requirements have since changed since I was originally licensed. But generally speaking, you're gonna go through a course, 52 hours, life and health, and you're gonna find out things about the laws, things you can and can't do, certain aspects of the insurance industry, and then you would take a state exam. The good thing about the insurance industry is once you get a license in one state, pretty much all of the other states, you can get what is called a non-resident license in another state, and they would recognize California and vice versa. Mississippi would recognize a California license, and you could do that, yes. Of course, you would have to pay a fee every other year, and you have to do continuing education hours just to keep up on what's going on in the industry because every state insurance commissioner department wants their money.
0: Yes, they do. (laughs) So what is the most challenging aspect of pursuing this field of work?
1: The most challenging aspect is facing rejection, rescheduling, uh, people saying no to you. That is by far the hardest aspect. I think that I've gave great presentation, great proposals, uh, saw that there was a need and yet people will still tell you no. And that's something that you may not ever be comfortable with, but you have to accept it as part of the job.
0: Do you find it easier the longer you've done this to handle rejection?
1: I do. But before I would always have a anticipation or I would try to read the clients. Now I give my job is to disseminate information and to answer their questions and concerns. and. If they go forward, they go forward. If they don't, they don't. I find that to be better because people that I thought for sure was going to be my best clients were not, and the people that I was kind of hesitant, with about, ended up being my best clients. So my job is to give a great information, I mean, give a great presentation, disseminate information, and try to answer their questions and concern. If I can do that, then I'm happy, and then I let the process play out. Then, if I never have expectations, therefore I won't be disappointed.
0: it also sounds like you're you are doing a little bit of teaching in your job
1: well it is and the thing about it is it's the negative aspect because no one wants to talk about dying but however death is a part of life so and it's not if it's just when so we sometimes you have to have uncomfortable conversations with people and uh it's very good because most people sometimes if it wasn't for us some people would have never got the got their insurance so it's very rewarding and satisfying in that aspect that you know you can make a real difference in a widow or widower's Mm -hmm. life especially for the man i have to explain to the man that even if your wife passed a lot of them work but oh i'm the breadwinner yes but you still will have an issue raising the children getting daycare for them people to watch them and just the cost that you're going to incur raising children so I have to paint a picture when it comes to that also. And sometimes it's the woman that's the breadwinner that you also have to let them know also that you're going to need more, although your husband, he still works, but however, you're the breadwinner and this is why you need more than your husband. So it's great, that's, that's the great aspect about the job is you educate people and they see things that they normally wouldn't think about. Okay, cool.
0: What does an average day at work look like for you?
1: So yes, an average day would look like me. Uh, first, I would start my morning following up with uh, the home office, which does a lot of the, uh, what well, does all the underwriting, to see what cases are being placed, to see if people need any more medical tests. So just because a person places life insurance, sometimes there's gonna be additional requirements. Some people are gonna to have to get blood and urine, take an EKG, physical. So I need to see what's going on with that. What are the different requirements are being, uh, required of the client, and then my job is to facilitate that. If I have to deal with the person that's going out, drawing the blood, I need to get an appointment time from the client, what's a good time, prep the client not to eat anything or exercise before any blood tests, uh, see what days are available, and then try to fit that in with the person that's going to go out there and actually do it and to let them know that. So I'm doing that. And also, sometimes they need a APF, which is called a Attending Physician Statements. And a lot of doctors' offices will not put this as a priority. So once that policy is placed, we have a clock, normally 90 days, to get all the requirements in. So I'm leaving messages with doctors letting them know that you have a request from our company. Can you please send that back as soon as possible? And following up, following up, I would think a certain percentage, a great deal of our business is follow up and making calls and being mundane. So I do that in the morning to about 12, 1 o'clock and then in the afternoon, I'm following up with my clients that I've met, and I'm trying to schedule appointments or follow-up appointments with them. And I do that to about 5. And then from about 7 to 9, that's when I can do a lot of my initial appointments or follow-up appointments with people about insurance and submitting applications. And in the offer aspect, if I don't have that, sometimes I will just keep see what's going on in the company, see wherever different people are at on our, on our office and team, And just following up with the insurance lingo. That's a typical day uh, in our business. One of the great things that helped the pandemic is the advent of Zoom, where normally you had to go drive to see a client. Now you can actually do it, and they can sign everything over Zoom. So I'm very grateful for that, especially in the L.A. area, where you can go 20 minutes, and it can take you an hour and a half to do an appointment (laughs) and drive back. So that has been a godsend, and I'm still using Zoom. zoom and integrating that in the business so i'm so thankful for that
0: so that basically using zoom has freed you from having to be in an office
1: correct there's a term in our business called the dark house when you go have an appointment set up and you go there and the person's not there for whatever reason so with zoom you eliminate dark dark (laughs) houses you eliminate travel time but it also helps because it can make you more productive when you could do two appointments in a night you might have to be in Pasadena and you might have to go out to San Bernardino or somewhere where now if it's further out you could say I'm just gonna do zoom or even me in a different state I can still do California I can virtually go anywhere that I'm licensed so that has just been great for us.
0: Yeah, frees up the schedule.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: What are three things you wish or would like others to know about your job?
1: The three things I'd like people to know is it is challenging because as I say, you face rejection constantly and that's something that you have to accept and integrate into your everyday life. The second thing I would like people to know is that you learn a lot of things about people, of meeting people and talking to people, having conversations with people. Some people like to talk about their profession or talk about their family. You have to be a good listener. Uh, someone wants to talk about his classic car, I'm going to let him talk about his car. He might want to sh- ask about different things. So I let people talk and express themselves. It's a, if it's a mechanic, he might want to talk about his job. Or if it's a nurse, they talk about the challenges and difficulties. So I become a good listener and try to get people to tell me a little bit about themselves. And the last thing, as I may have touched on earlier, is when you are sitting with a widow or widower, or facilitating a check, hundreds of thousands of dollars to them, where you know now they don't have to leave their house and their kids can still stay in that same neighborhood and still have their same friends, or they don't have to go out and start selling assets because you had that conversation with them and maybe they were hesitant, but maybe how you responded to one of their concerns, questions, they went ahead on and placed the insurance. So it's very rewarding when you know that man, because. I have. I played a small part in someone being able to maintain their lifestyle, although their spouse is gone, that physical aspect, but the material aspect, the finances can still stay intact. So that is priceless.
0: Can you explain underwriting in easy to understand terms?
1: Sure. So in layman's terms, underwriting means, every time you go to the doctor, by law, they have to report it to what is called the Medical Information Bureau. So underwriting is going to basically get all of your records for the last 7 to 10 years wow. of what you've been doing. So every time you go to the ER or if you see a doctor and there's something, by law, they have to report it to the Medical Information Bureau.
0: So underwriting
1: is they're looking to see have you had any health challenges. They're verifying the information on the app what you gave them and also they're also looking at your motor vehicle records if you have a lot of speeding tickets you might be at risk of (laughs) meeting an untimely and early departure from this this world so underwriting is gathering your personal medical information and seeing how your health is uh do you take medication for diabetes or high blood pressure or what medications have you had have you had cancer within the last 10 years you had heart attacks within the last 10 years. So these are things that they're looking for to see because uh, people also will not tell you the truth sometimes. Oh, I'm fine. I've never been had any surgeries. And then underwriting will determine, well, you had open heart surgery. So that's what underwriting is. So it's just they look at a snapshot of your medical history. Yeah, oh, thank you.
0: Because I've never looked up that word. So I'm like, ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Well, another thing with the customers, I mean, you've kind of touched on it. You know, you deal with difficult people and customer service especially, the rejection is a big one. Uh, do you ever get um, argumentative people or you? how do you deal with difficult people? You mentioned that you listen to them and you just try to let them talk. Is there anything else you want to share?
1: Oh, absolutely. So how you deal with difficult people is, this is a business where you let people make their own decisions. I had dealt with a nurse who parents had died who they didn't leave them any inheritance. And they had she had a young daughter and she didn't want to leave her daughter anything because her theory was ever since my parents didn't leave me anything and I turned out fine, therefore I don't believe I should leave my daughter anything. So wow. <laughs> there's nothing I could say to that person.
0: Yeah.
1: Other than thank you. And Here's my card, if you ever change your mind in the future and need my services, please give me a call. So, difficult people are people that I, I don't convince anybody. Like I said, I give people information and they decide. Now, I can answer their questions, but when they make statements like that, it's not my job to try to change them and convince them to get something they don't want to get because in our, in our business, is also something called a chargeback. We get advanced uh, a certain percentage of the first couple of years of the policy and if they don't keep it for that amount of time, they're going to give, take the money back, of the unpaid portion. So I don't want to charge back, and I don't want to sell somebody something they don't want or feel that they need, because eventually that's going to be the first thing they cancel or let go of. So I want someone to have value with that. So how I deal with difficult people is I let them make their decision, and I thank them for their time, and I move on. When I first started, I felt like, it was I took it personal, like I need to I could have said something different to convince them. Right. And I would keep trying to give information and keep giving them this and try to convince them to do it. And it never worked. And first thing and then the second thing, like I said, if people feel that they were pressured as soon as you leave the house, they make one or two payments and they cancel anyway. Well. So it was still a waste of time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well you sound like you enjoy your job and Yeah, you've you've definitely learned over the years and you've refined it. (laughs) Right. So we should be lucky if you're the guy that's trying to make an appointment with us. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm going to change tracks a little bit uh, towards you as a person. What are a few things you would like others to know about you, your hobbies, interests, that kind of thing?
1: Yes, absolutely. I like being in the outdoors. As I got older, I gained an appreciation for nature. So I love to explore um, paths of different things of that sort to be out there with nature and just to see getting, you know, taking in the sunlight and just seeing how things work. Uh, when I was a kid, we always played outside and we would get in the dirt. And as the video game era came and different things, we kind of got away from that. But as I got older, I gained gained an appreciation just for seeing things and landmarks and just state parks, and all of these different things. So I enjoy that. I also enjoy humor. Uh, Humor is a way for me, I call it my therapy. I like self-deprecating humor. I never try to take myself too serious. I take other people serious, but I try not to take myself serious. And (laughs) I found that laughter is very therapeutic for me, and I think it can be therapeutic for a lot of people. Uh, in their life when I was in a lot of rough spots. Mm. Humor, laughter is good for the soul. And uh, the third thing I would like to tell people is a little bit about me that when I when I did martial arts, I had self-doubt and fear throughout the whole time. Yet, I still showed up and I did it anyway. Mm. I was waiting for the feeling to come for me to get more comfortable. And it never came, it never happened. But yet, you was, I was still able to achieve that. So I think that, that in public speaking was a huge fear of mine, and, right. and I did everything to avoid it. I was the person that I could see someone I went to high school with 20 years ago. If I saw them in the store in aisle 7, I immediately went to aisle 8, 9, or 10. I would go the other way, yeah. just not to even say hi. So when I say that I'm an introvert or socially aloof, that, that's how I used to be. So, uh, And people say they still can't believe, well, you're in sales, and you're still like that. But yes, I would. And, but I work on my weaknesses. I try to confront them and face them, and eventually I conquer them. So I'm doing better, much, much better in that area. But we have to work on our weaknesses, and I think that's one of the things that I'm proud of myself. I'm doing that, and I'm also tackling that in my health area also. So that's what I would like people to know. And also, I, I think I'm going to take up poetry again. I used to write poetry many <laughs> yeah. years ago. And uh, it's, it's, it's very challenging because I kind of write at the old, way. I know there's many aspects of poetry, but it's very creative when you sit there and you can write and just think of thoughts. And I think it helps put me personally in a better mind space. So uh, I like to do things of that nature. Uh, I was was introduced to it by a friend of mine I used to work with, and they wrote poetry exceptionally well. She wrote it exceptionally well. And I said, I wish I could write like that. And they said, well, you can. Why don't you give it a try? So, your words could encourage people that you never know.
0: <laughs> do you like doing like freestyle poetry or do you prefer the rhyming or anything goes?
1: It could be anything goes, and I like to use it from a romantic aspect of things and, and take maybe situations uh, in different time frames of my life, relationships, uh, and try to write it from there. But I always like that I am a hopeless romantic, so I like to. Write it from that standpoint. Uh, I believe in true love. I believe in love at first sight. I believe in all of these things, and I think poetry is is so good because if you can if you look at some of it and read some of it, it really tells you someone's uh, maybe where their, their mind and heart is at. And you can kind of draw a mental picture of it. I always, when I would listen to songs, I still say, "Who wrote that song?" Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of Diane Warren because she can write in different genres. So I, I'm one of those people. I'll go look up the lyrics of the song and say, wow, what are they thinking? Now, we know most of the time it's just a, it's just a song, and it's not a personal experience, but I always try to personalize it with me.
0: Yeah. Depends on the songwriter. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Well, you have a lot to say about endurance. You know, you got to push through, because uh, sometimes I think we get discouraged, and we stop, stop too short. Or short of what we you know if we just go far enough then we realize it can be worthwhile or you just got to get through the muck and you'll get to the end and then it's all worthwhile
1: <laughs> and, exactly exactly
0: well I know there was a do you do any haiku you know with the short phrases
1: no but I would love to do haikus <laughs> yeah,
0: those are always challenging I kind of enjoy doing those I think we might have to have, like, a, a poetry reading corner with you in the future.
1: <laughs> oh, most definitely, most definitely. I'm, I'm working on something, a couple of good things right now. Mm. I think it's my best work.
0: So I, I've, I'm not too much into uh, a lot of poetry, but I've gone on poetry walks, and some of the poets go to, you know, we went to different locations, and then the poet themselves will do the reading, and so you hear how they change something that's written on paper and just make it more dimensional when they read it out loud so i can see that in the future for you
1: <laughs> all right thank you thank you i, I received that <laughs>
0: well thank you daryl for taking the time to chat with me and maybe hopefully you can come back and we'll do it again
1: <laughs> i would love to do it thank you for having having me i really enjoyed myself oh
0: well, thank you so much Afterthoughts. This interview with Daryl was very informational, like the interviews I've done before. I also like Daryl. He's got a great voice and well is a good personality. And it's always been a pleasure to interact with him. And I hope we can work on a podcast together in the future. I hope you learned a lot today. And that sparked your interest in doing some research on insurance, insurance agents, brokers. Learn a little bit more. And now you know what to look for in an agent. You have a little role model here now. So whatever it is you're working on, whatever hobbies you have, don't give up. Keep working on them. Take one step at a time, one one page at a time, one word at a time. Keep working on it. Don't give up on yourself. I may actually be able to do one more episode this year. Tune in to find out more. I hope to have more episodes in the new year. And remember, we're all under construction. Don't give up.